Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, the wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Nitro. We relive the war, skirmish by skirmish, to decide which shows should have won the fight for viewing figures that week, in our not-so-humble opinions, of course, before revealing which company took the gold via the Nielsen ratings using our golden envelope. What's that, Jim? You can't even contemplate starting the show unless I can place us in time with some historical touch points loud and clear. Let's set the scene. The date is the 2nd of October 1995. This week, Oasis released What's the Story Morning Glory, which went on to sell almost 350,000 copies in its first week alone. Miami Dolphins quarterback Dan Marino broke the NFL career completions record for all you sports fans. The film Seven is number one in the US box office charts, grossing over $12 million for the second week running. And, we mentioned it last time, so we should probably tell you how it ends, the O.J. Simpson trial concluded with a not guilty verdict because he pretended not to be able to put on a glove. Right, now we know what we're listening to, what we're hearing about, and what we're watching. Let's see how the WWF and WCW are going to compete with that lot. There'll be drop toe holds, murder phone in polls, but no Michael calls. Let's get cracking. Well, before we start, we'd best introduce ourselves. The two fans reliving the war week by week. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Steve, and I'm joined by Jim. How are you doing, Jim? Oh, I've had a bit of a, a bit of an experience this week, Steve. A bit of a traumatic one. Oh, go on. I've gone. I've gone to use the toilet at work. Probably out of uh, touch with, with what goes on in the office etiquette-wise. And, uh, yeah, there's a main toilet in yeah. our offices. There's a main toilet. Then there's a there's a slightly smaller one around the corner. I'll get to that in a second. I've got to the main toilet. Couple of cubicles. It's occupied. It's full. Oh, nightmare. Cannot cannot get in there. Oh, I've all been there. Nothing worse. Desperate for a piss. Really need a piss. Cannot get in. <laughs> Toilets. Completely occupied. So what we've got just around the corner is the boss's office. Right. The boss... Next to his office, has his own snide little little personal toilet. I think it's it's meant to be, you know, executive toilet for the boss. It's meant to be for everyone, but I think. Well, this is why I think it's because it's always locked. You go to use it, it's always locked. Jeez. So I'm thinking he's keeping the key in his office. And one one bug for the for the for the workers and one for the bosses. I think dear. so. I think the proletariat get a different one of the bosses. Indeed, dear, I think. Mate. I think so. Scandalous. So here we are. I'm I'm, I'm a, I've tried the executive toilet. Given that the I've tried the executive. Given that the you know, the proletariat toilet is now... It's uh, occupied of. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone and tried the door, expecting it to be locked, but out of desperation, you know. Holy old. Holy hand, it's open. Wow. Jackpot, we're in. We're in <laughs> the executive toilet. And, you know, I've gone there, I think, right. You know, it's 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 bang on lunchtime, so I'm thinking, like, you know, he's probably out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You're all right. Whatever. Window of opportunity. Course clear, in and out. And I'm desperate for a pace. It's all going, you know, process me thoughts million miles an hour as you do in these crisis points and then you're not thinking straight when that's on your mind no no correct no. i've got in right yes bonus doors locked i've got in equipment's out ready to go and then i've looked <laughs> down the seat's down on the toilet it's not it's not a big deal it's not a big deal i'll just i'll just lift this seat up lift the seat up and yeah. oh no <laughs> oh no the toilet is well and truly <laughs> broken we are, there's there's no water and the thing the, the inside so it's been drained the, the the inside of the bowl is just it's just 
I'm talking raw sewage caked on there. It's disgusting. So I've nearly vomited at this point. And so the executive (laughs) toilet, without putting an out of action sign on the... left. It's just, 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 you know, anyone can wander in there. And now all the times to keep this locked. It's now when it's unguarded. It's now when it's when it's fucking broken. So what did you do? So here I am. Here I am, desperate. I walk in levels of being the piss. <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm, you know, knobs out and everything, ready to go. And the only thing that's stopping me pissing at this point is my my ironclad, cast iron grip <laughs> on my own knob here. Let go of this. The only thing holding back a tsunami of piss is, is that grip that I've got, this absolute... It's a kink toes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And But if I let go, that's it. So so I'm thinking what I do. I can't... This Obviously, this, that's a no-go. It can't go, that's a no-go. Can't go an executive. So I'm looking around. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, can I run back? It is lunchtime. Can I run back? I, I, if I take my hand, if I've released the ironclad grip, it's, there's nothing it's you can do there. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. So I've damsel and that that option's gone. I can't be running around holding <laughs> holding my own dick while I'm running around the office. That's gonna get me sacked. Oh yeah. Possibly so in jail. HR will be straight involved. Possibly in jail. <laughs> so you can see, you know, this absolute and uh, this, again, this is all, you know, eyes darting around. Panic is, you know, the, the <laughs> siren is going in my head here. What do we do? What do we do? And I just look around and to my right, there's the sink. Oh no! I don't think hey, there's, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing else I can do. There's here. nothing else for it. So what I'll do is I'm thinking I'll just like you know re- release a bit, grip, release a bit, and maybe and maybe then it'll be in a position where I can you can hold it without physically holding it, and then going back. This, that seems like a cavalier plan, but I appreciate you weren't thinking straight at the time. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're right to, to assume that is pie in the sky. And lo and behold, I've, I've gone there, positioned, I've tried this, what you might call harebrained idea. And lo and behold, as soon as the ironclad grip has been released, we've got a, oh, breaks a Hoover Dam levels of you know eruption. It's, it's cascading, <laughs> piss cascading down. And I'm thinking at this point, stopping it now would be akin to blowing a hole in the Hoover Dam and, <laughs> and standing there with a the bucket. Oh, that is, that is, <laughs> that's, a tri- that's a trip to hospital in any case. Yeah, that's... yeah, stop. It was just out of the question. So I've, I've just, I've just fully had a piss in, 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 the, in the boss's, in the executive <laughs> personal sink. Wow. I mean, that is a... And then halfway through... <laughs> oh, no. The door handle goes... <laughs> no. <laughs> shit, you not the door handle goes. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, he's back. What am I going to do? What if the sink's broken? <laughs> Check this. We're based on the toilet, the plumbing all oh. could be shot. So I've just then I've I've uh, you know I've rampantly tap on. I'm gonna leave <laughs> gonna leave this room. Half the reservoir has been ran through this sink here just to just to you know clear the area. And I've just then I've like right. I'm just gonna have to hope that wasn't him. <laughs> And he hadn't got key for this. So I'm just going to have to hope. <laughs> it was a member of staff who thought, oh, the executive's locked as per and gone. So I've, I've sat in there. I've sat in there for a good five, ten, 
with the raw sewage, just waiting <laughs> oh, for this no. to tide over, thinking, oh my God, if I open this door, it's <laughs> going to be stood there, arms folded, staring at me. What if you just be doing in there? Then I'm going <laughs> to bang to rights. You both, you both know each other's secrets. Both then. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I am, you know, the, the <laughs> panic is absolutely prevailing here. It really is. And yeah. Luckily, the sink was working, and we've, 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 the evidence has been destroyed. <laughs> and I've then, right, 10 minutes has passed. I've got to, you know, splash my face. I'll just make some, some bollocks up about, you know, I'm not well or whatever. And by that point, I wasn't. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it would have been obvious. <laughs> Ashen face. Of, come on. And he's, um, yeah, luckily, the course was clear. So I've, I've, I've closed the executive and, I, and I've ran, I've eye-tailed it. And <sighs> what an escape. Yeah, I just thought I can, I can, I can take it. I wanted my grave. And. <laughs> Now I've, I've I've told it to you've, you've the twelve people who are going to be listening to this. <laughs> they're all going to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, that is that is a week and a half. Well, ladies and gents, listening for for more content like that, <laughs> you can engage with us on Twitter. You can follow us at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores to hear all about Jim's comedy goings on at work this week. So from one shameless and disgusting act to WCW Nitro, live (laughs) from the Denver Coliseum in Denver, Colorado. The theme hits. I'm really starting to quite like the Nitro theme, Jim. Um, Mercifully, they've not forgotten to play the new titles and we have a showboating Lex in place of Vader. We're live from the mile-high city Denver, Colorado. Bischoff tells us tonight is the night we'll finally see Macho Man versus Luger with Luger's career on the line. God and Bennett, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? We'll also see a Ric Flair Arn Anderson grudge match as part of a double main event. Ric Flair's pride is on the line. It shows how much Luger's career is worth if <laughs> Tony Flair's pride on the line. Bloody hell, lads. Comes Bischoff and Heenan and Mongo with Pepe, who this week can only be described as wearing dangling kooky eyeballs on springs. Why? You know, I, was saying, I was saying, I said to you earlier, I, I kind of feel bad now because. I know, I feel sorry for this dog. Well, well that, and whenever oh. I see this dog, I start thinking to myself, I fucking hate this dog. <laughs> and then, after, after, I, I remember, I, it's I, not the dog doing it. That's what I mean. I it's take not the moment, dog's fault. I take a moment to tell myself, it's not the dog's fault. He isn't asking, he isn't asking to put that black turtleneck oh. on and then glasses with the, <laughs> the dangly eyes. He's not asking to do it. But. It's awful. Uh, thankfully and mercifully, though, Heenan saves us again with, I bet that tarantula's been watching Mongo's highlight reel. Thanks, Bobby. We get some GCSE drama acting from Bischoff. You never know what's coming up on WCW. What's this? As a robe-clad Ric Flair enters, all fired up, and he steals Bischoff's headset so he can address the audience back home. Nope, he's talking direct to Arn Anderson. Let's hope he's watching live, Jim. To tell him, double A, I'm coming your way, big boy. Woo! Exit Flair. Can I just say, though, can I just interject here? You quite rightly point out, if he's just talking to Juan Anderson and it, it's you know he better be, he better be watching live otherwise yeah. it's kind of lost on him. Yeah. Um, still, for all their kind of desperate shoehorning of anything like oh how crazy it's live it's crazy anything can happen yeah. anything can go down. This, this actually, actually felt like that actually when they did something subtle and and kind of yeah. seemingly off the cuff and it was just little just a little thing it actually felt like yeah he's come up and grabbed this and just 100%, said this. It is and it, and it was. Only bloody Bischoff who telegraphed it a mile. Anything can happen. Oh, it's come here. Like, yeah. Oh, mate. But, but this actually genuinely I felt yeah. it was an air of legitimacy. It wasn't like, you know, um, 
12 people have ran in yeah. and then this has happened someone yeah. tried to some of the shoe and then this you know what I mean it wasn't yeah, like all Rick these Flair kind of Flair going I'm going to speak to you and I'm, I know when yeah. I'm going to do I'm going to make a scene perfect Rick Flair love it more of this please next the comms team throw us to a macho Lex total package which once a bleeding again repeats the now infamous line I'm sick and tired of playing with kids and I'm here to play with the big boys we get machos well there's no bigger boy than macho ring that bell ding ding which is still great uh, before Mean Gene stops him they still listen to him I mean, how many times have you seen this already? Recap, nothing happened. (laughs) Then we get a replay of Macho getting battered by the giant and Lex coming to his aid slash not coming to his aid slash getting battered himself by the giant. Enough with the exposition, lads. We're four minutes, 15 seconds into a 45-minute show here and it's all replaying stuff we've seen before, some of it from multiple times. At least we see giants choke slams again. They are bloody great. All of this just diminishes Macho and Luger too, making Hogan's inevitable victory of the Giant boost him all the more. I get it, but could you not have achieved a similar thing using mid-carders? Like, why have you got Giant battering these two? Anyway, back to the comms. Lex enters, crowd a mix of cheers and boos, which is interesting. So Luger looks great, save for the mullet. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's supposed to be the healer, right? This is... It, is he? I don't know. This is, is he? it. He was sort of brought in, I thought, as a face, but he's done, you know... He'll turnish things so far, okay. but maybe just the fucking diabolical booking uh, of it. Is just everyone's <laughs> just fed up now. Yeah, fair. That could well be it. Macho enters with his Catherine wheels, accompanying his entrance to the fireworks behind him. He's a multicolored smorgasbord of tassels, Jim. He looks like someone's put an old BBC test card through a shredder. <laughs> but I love him. It's great by me. Uh, we get a mega stare off some Savage, which I thought was great. As soon as he got in the ring, he removed his shades, and you get a scary googly eye straight at Lex. Bongo says, if you're not tuning into this, you're as brain dead as most of the people in the Staines family. You've got to be watching this. And now, <laughs> what? I don't get it. I, don't, I didn't get it. I don't, <laughs> know this, I don't know if the Staines family is something known in America or not, but is I he just know. talking about someone on his, like, his street who doesn't like? <laughs> he I don't, I don't know the Staines. What the fuck are they? <laughs> and again, oh. it doesn't make any sense because he's directly addressing the Staines, all the people who aren't watching the show. And somebody's gonna, they have got no idea that they're being chastised because you would, you'd have to know that you know, yes. you, if you weren't watching this... It hasn't worked. You, yeah, yeah. You, you oh. wouldn't know you'd been beckoned to watch it, would you? Oh, the guy's fucking atrocious. He is appalling, and he like genuine, genuinely makes it hard to watch at times. Uh, even Lex looks good doing this stare-off. The first time I thought Lex looked, you know, pretty good doing something other than... And it's, it's all Macho's doing, and Match builds the crowd as only he can. We get a rolling lock-up to start that goes on and on and on. He then gives us... The instant exposition, well, like Luger says, he's not even going to unpack his bags as he may be leaving, but he's going to risk it all because he wants respect and he's going to make Savage pay one way or the other. Perfect. Could have saved us four minutes of cobblers, that. That's all we yeah. needed. We need Heenan. Like, brilliant. Thanks, Bobby. More of you. The Hogan show commences, Jim. The lads are still in the initial lockup when Bischoff starts with the we understand Hulk Hogan is on his way to the arena, Larkin. He always understands, doesn't he? He always <laughs> understands. Well, I made a note of it for a thing. Every time he's given us some information, it's always something he understands. I understand this. I understand that. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Every time. Absolutely. Yeah. It keeps coming up as we go through the show. Yeah, it's like anonymous sources have told him. Anyway... We'll let you know as soon as he arrives. Jesus, I don't care. Lads are now outside the ring, but still tied up. Off we go to a break. We get a Halloween Havoc ad. Bloody hell, this looks awful. We're back. The lads are finally broken up with Macho returning in the ring, followed by Luger. Mongo says something couldn't make it out. So I tried using subtitles, Jim, on the WWE network. And guess what it says? Guess what it says? (laughs) Unintelligible. He's a commentator. He's a commentator. Unintelligible. (laughs) The fuck's the point of him? (laughs) Useless. (laughs) 
<laughs> we aggressively brawl. Luger is crap. It is his mobile back that I think gets to be with Luger. His back is totally, he's like, so he's bolt upright. He kind of, he can't sort of, nothing's fluid with him. It's all staged and broken up and we get Lex thrown into the corner. Then outside, Macho follows. He's going to suplex him onto the floor. Nope. We haven't got going again. Lex reverses into a neck breaker. Why is he doing a neck breaker on the outside? A move that, hurt, you know, the, the neck breaker isn't what you're getting slammed onto. It's the, it's the force yeah. against your shoulder that's the pain. Yeah. He's doing his legs, mate, honestly. Anyway, Macho reverses a body slam into a small package, two count. Full press from Lex, holds Macho for ages. This is, in fairness to Lex, he's it was brilliant. very good. One. He's brilliant, right? And then he press slams him to the floor. Great stuff. Lex mugs it to the crowd and he looks properly good for the first time tonight. Macho telegraphs a back body drop, and then we get a backslide from Macho, results in a backslide test of strength one to the other for one to the other. Button stalemate. Uh, Lex hooks the rope. Clever, Lex. Crowd boo. He'll move. He'll move. There you go. Crowd crowd absolutely work with it. Lex reverses two count. Macho picks up the pace. Finally, we need this, lads. Double shoulder tackle, and we're out for a while again. Pace is back down. The whole match has been, you know, the pace of a PPV match 20 minutes in. It's like we've just jumped to the slow, sluggy stuff. Yeah. Macho elbow off the top, but Lex is up and he punches him to the gut. Macho then throws him outside. Double axe handle from the top rope outside. Then Lex gives him snake eyes onto the barricade. Nice little combination there. Lex reverses a Macho Irish trip into the ring post. Really clumsy ref bump. I'm sure we've seen this before. It looks a lot like what we've had with these two previously. Irish rips reversed twice. And then the third reversal being by Macho, who throws Lex back into the corner from whence they came and into the ref. Yeah, it's sluggish. Lex is really slow doing it, and it's so obvious where he's going. So the ref has aeons to get out of the way and just doesn't. So it looks pants. The crowd don't seem to care, though. They pop for it. Um, body slam by Savage, setting up the elbow. Up he goes. Connect. We've got him. No, ref, because the ref's still out. Oh, I would have thought it, eh? Yeah, it was a bleeding obvious setup. Enter the Giants. Ah, oh, we've already got our first run in the night, Here Jim. Match one. Bischoff, which is quite like this line, get security, get the National Guard. He does do a big, this is an imposing, terrifying bloke coming up. I like it. Giant choke stamps Macho into oblivion. Lex is back up, so is the ref, Kel Surprise. Nugo doesn't pin Macho though, eh? Oh, he's putting him in the rack. Oh, I get it, but because nah, Macho's already, he's out cold because of the chokes, I'm pinning him. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. But I, I guess he kind of wants to, if he's beating him, he's, you know... He's doing something at least in the of his own, as opposed to just completely taking the uh, tapping right. in the open goal. That's You're been, absolutely uh, right. He doesn't diminish him by the giant. But, but I just thought, with his career supposedly on the line, would you not? You do anything. Desperation. You're right. You would, you but would. fair. Macho's out cold. Luger wins. Crowd's livid. Great. Luger's music hits, and we're out to a break. Nice from Bishop on comms as we're heading out. He says to Mongo, he's like, man, did you see that, Mongo? As if he doesn't know that he's still got a hot mic, which I quite like. That's quite nice and yeah. you know, really sold it. Well done, Bishop. Bishop's done all right there, you think, then? I, I, I oh, that whole match, Bishop. Yeah. I thought Bishop did, did really well in that thing. And he, apart from the Hogan uh, uh, distraction, yes, in for Bishop there. We've then got a WCW Saturday Night promo. Which How bad are these? Terrible. <laughs> How bad are these? Them like, things where the graphics flip up. They, awful, isn't it? They, they, they must have been sort of better available in, in 1995. The well, we've seen, we've seen what the, the, you know, the intro to Nitro proves that they've got like a, a graphics department. Then all right, it's like yeah. cheesy now, but look great, right? For yeah, the time. definitely. I mean, and this looks like it's from the... the Sega last... Master System got better graphics <laughs> than these things coming up. With a kind of fuzzy, kind of like fuzzy screen, and, oh, and then the thing, the, the wrestlers pop up. It's really bad. Two D like, wrestlers. Two D wrestlers on like yeah, as if they're sort of seesawing into yeah. it. Awful. 
like um, like the fucking what's it called? What's that game uh, where you flip? The, guess who? The, 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 <laughs> doing like the reverse. Guess, guess who? They're coming up <laughs> instead of going down. And yeah, it's fucking dire. It is. Do something with them. <laughs> And we're back with comms. We get a comms recap. So uh, Mungo doesn't know what to say about the giant coming out. He's a commentator, Jim. Mercifully, Bobby the Brain does, so we actually get something worth listening to. Then Disco Inferno's music hit. Oh, God, What was this? He comes out at the top of the ramp. He does his disco dancing stuff, looking into the crowd. And Bischoff, wait a minute, I've got scheduled Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero here. <gasps> Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero, Jim? Yes! <laughs> what the hell's this coming? I'm with you now, Bischoff. What Get the hell's going guy. on? Pronto. Exactly. If, he derails, if this goes the same way as the fucking Blue Bloods. I know. <laughs> One's been twice shy, right? I am counting no chickens. I'm pulling the plug of this yeah, whole thing. I know. <laughs> I know. You've, absolutely, you've got me expectations right up here. And I am like, don't you dare. Um, although the only thing I will say about this awful interruption of a segment is we get Heenan dancing in his seat right to the disco stuff yeah, right? yeah, yeah. hilarious know. right and it, it might just have won me around with this right hilarious Inferno's cheesy music mercifully stops and he looks aghast that it hasn't confused what 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 I'm useless and Eddie Guerrero's unfortunately cheesy I'm a Mexican don't yeah, you know yeah, Mariachi, replaces him mariachi band <laughs> just like ah oh. Um, poker lad uh, Inferno can't believe it and, and Eddie just chases him away and he goes off sort of he's going like it's my time it's my time get out of the way then, then there's no, they don't even have an argument he just no. kind of goes yeah alright well your off. music's Disco. on so I, best, yeah, I, I guess Disco I best goes, have yeah, to yeah, go yeah I've got to go <laughs> yeah you do have to go this yeah. you should have been out in the fucking first place <laughs> exactly right the hell was the point of what all that what a waste lot. of time <laughs> yeah idiots <laughs> anyway thank god that's all finished back to reality and holy shit I can't wait for this Eddie versus Malenko yes please so the man of a thousand holds enters Dean Malenko to a terrible Final Fantasy boss tension music theme <laughs> um, but he doesn't care um, he literally he, he's easy to wrestle and you know fuck doing anything else because he's just so good at wrestling yes Dean we get a replay from last night and we hear Dusty Rhodes on comms. Mm. Oh, yes, Dusty. Well, can we not have him here? Can we have him imagine if you had him instead of Mongo? My exact note I wrote down. Show a clip of a WCW show. I don't think it was the 605 Saturday show, but still, I don't know what it was. But still, it's of Guerrero beating Thunder Liger. The announced team sounded way better. We've got Tony <laughs> Schiavone, is oh, one of them, and then so good. Dusty Rhodes, and the Dusty other. Rhodes. Why? I know. Well, we got fucking Mongo. I know. It just, I mean, it's, it's have a look at what you could have had, innit? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's I, awful. You've got your, your favourite announcer, Bischoff. So you probably, he could probably stay, but I mean, I'd rather have Shivani, but still. <laughs> My favourite announcer, Bischoff. Mongo <laughs> could definitely go, couldn't he? Oh, 100%. Even just swapping, I mean, I I'd absolutely love Shivani, but uh, yeah. Heenan, Bischoff, and and then either one of the two we've just heard from this this cutaway, I'd be over the moon yeah, with. I imagine if you had be, Dusty Rhodes in there. I'd be so good. Heenan, two absolute legends. So Actually, good. the staff are involved with that. Oh, and, phenomenal. I know, and instead we've got Mongo. He used to play American football with his dog in his ghetto. Fucking dog, crazy. Here we go again. Just feel bad. Hit the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're dead right, Jimmy. In this, we see Eddie going over over Jushin Thunder Liger. I mean, can you imagine that match as well? Bloody hell! Um, and we see Eddie prevail with a what's called a jackknife, which is a, his frog splash off the top rope, earning him the match we're about to watch right now. So off we go right now. If we were watching Formula One, Jim, another passion of mine, this is the point at which the commentators would just say. I'll be quiet now and just let us enjoy this because this is sublime. Yeah. This is just brilliant. As this is a an audio medium, my best to 
<laughs> be best to actually describe what's going on in actuality though we'll cut that uh, rapid lock up in the corner rabbit punch from Eddie to catch Malenko napping sending him in the canvas but oh wow snap kick up back to a vertical base by Malenko gorgeous Mongo says we're in for a treat tonight with these guys this is the first time I've agreed with Mongo then he, <laughs> ruined, then he instantly ruins it these guys fly around the ring more than a couple of bavultures flying around some dead meat what, slowly circling the ring until they land calmly <laughs> next to a dead carcass, Mongo? You fucking plank. Test of strength that has Malenko arching his back right to the canvas. Springboards Eddie up with his feet, catapults him over his head, but let Eddie lands on his feet. Stunning. Crowd applaud Absolutely in appreciation. Super, super oh, lovely flowing slick mat wrestling moves. You know, one into the other, culminating with a hammerlock by Eddie and Bischoff. I'm praising him again, Jim. He does really well to keep up with this one, Combs. <laughs> he genuinely does. And Mongo, now wait a minute. Oh, God, this is, this. you know what's coming. Yeah, God. This is the man of a thousand holds. Malenko is. There's a book out, 101 sex positions. How did this guy come up with a thousand and one holds? Painful, but it is absolutely saved by my favourite commentator, Eric Bischoff, saying, <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it, buddy, I will pull your mic. <laughs> he does, he does, uh, he does save it. But I was, um, the two activities. A fucking well different Mongo, do you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> they're so different. <laughs> we're getting in we're getting insight into into not that we wanted, into Mongo's sex life here as well. He is going, Well, I've 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 exhausted all one hundred and one. There must there must be some more. I'll ask Malenko later. I'll ask Malenko later, see if there's a Venn diagram between the, <laughs> the two types of moves. <laughs> Awful. Somebody could say about a full Nelson there. I'm not, I'm not going to... <laughs> well, I touched that with a barge pole. Pull my mic. <laughs> uh, we're treated to a wrestling clinic, Lucha Libre style, beautiful, fast paced, rope running, flipping, and leapfrogging off one another. Sunset flips reverse fest, and we go picture in picture and then cut away oh, fully my God. to Hulk Hogan arriving with Jimmy Hart. For oh, fuck's sake. What Come on, lads, what not now. Not now. What have they done it, yeah. It's horrific. Like, so, I'll, I'll, dear listener, I'll have to describe what happens in this cutaway. <laughs> Hulk shoots down Jimmy Hart's protestations that he's injured, he's back with his neck What's brace. Jimmy Hart's jacket? What's his jacket? <laughs> What's he doing? He's like the super fan of Alan Partridge. What the <laughs> fuck's he doing? He's got a full. What do you want to describe? <laughs> he's wearing this. So <laughs> he's, wearing... he's in the arena by himself, isn't he? He's not even with Hogan. Hogan no, comes separately. Hogan arrives separately. <laughs> waiting, he... walking around the car park, <laughs> waiting for Hulk to arrive. The implication is he's dressed like this to leave the house. <laughs> It's a fucking what is it like red and yellow jacket? He's got, he's got a red and yellow, yeah, blazer. Yeah, blazer. <laughs> but on the back, Hogan's <laughs> full face is on the back, and he's, he's wearing it. And there's no like reference to it. There's no like, hey, look at this. It's <laughs> just like no eyelids are fine. He's got a mural of Hulk's <laughs> face on, on his back. Oh man. Oh, not oh, an eyelid is battered. <laughs> Hulk calls Hart his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I at this big style. How absurd. <laughs> Jimmy, oh, let me tell you something. You're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> because no one else wears back murals. <laughs> He's crying. He's crying. He genuinely made me laugh. <laughs> Jimmy, 
God, you're my best friend. <laughs> I feel sorry for Hulk now. I mean, it's no slight on Jimmy Hart. Look at Jimmy Hart. But you're Hulk and sagging around with this aged man. <laughs> Who wears Alan Partridge's super fan? And it wasn't even prompted. It wasn't like Jimmy Hart said. Now, Hulk, have you seen me jacket? No, like, Hulk, was your, you'd probably say, wouldn't you, that I'm probably your best friend, yeah? <laughs> Hulk, who's your best friend? I mean, just, Hulk just offers it up. What was that telling you about Hulk as well? If you're a complete and total fucking sycophant. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be... He's going to love you. Hulk calls Hart his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> We're never getting it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's too funny. Right. right, come on, get together, get together. We'll be here all night. Hulk calls Hart his best friend, but says he's gonna put an end to Giants' shenanigans. Then asks Hart, his best friend, remember, whether he's with him or again. Oh, Jim. <laughs> I had it. <laughs> Expecting the second time, I was expecting it. The first. Well, I need it because it's the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on, right, because you, you wouldn't ask it your supposed best friend. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Of course, it's your best friend. Go to last. Then Hulk asks Hart, his best friend, remember whether he's with him or against him. Of course, he's with you. <laughs> He's my best fucking friend. <laughs> then Hulk, I'm not the big picture now. Ha! <laughs> Bollocks, you're not. <laughs> it's all about the little Hulksters. And if it wipes me out, then so be it. They'll carry on for me. God, this lad needs oh. to turn heel fucking pronto. Back to the action. Continued tapping of the reversal button on SmackDown. Over we go to the outside. Malenko slammed to the mat covering the concrete floor. Eddie back inside the ring and up to the top rope. Huge flying crossbody wiping out Malenko and crashing Eddie over the top of him into the barriers. This lad is making the most of his TV time here. Bloody awesome. Back in the ring. Lovely hanging brain buster from Eddie. Really snaps the landing. It looked absolutely awesome but very safe. Eddie's going to put it away. Up to the top he goes for the jackknife. And just as Guerrero takes flight, Bischoff interrupts to say there's chaos in the locker room and that they're trying to get a camera back there. Hulk Hogan is literally losing control back he there. Understands, he understands. He understands. <laughs> he understands. He, he understands kid. again. You're dead right. So understands that he's like Bischoff. <sighs> Combs don't even mention the fact that Malenko countered the frog splash yeah. by raising his knees. Blimey, not even Bobby. I was a bit upset with him there. Eddie flips Malenko as he went for an ankle pick and steals the victory by grabbing both of Malenko's ankles and sitting on his face. <laughs> Get in, Eddie. Lovely match. Comms missed the finish, but the crowd loved it. Could be a preview of one of uh, the thousand sex positions. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> and then Eddie goes to leave the ring. Malenko brings him back. They're going to... No, no, he's demanding a rematch. You got lucky. Eddie accepts. Anytime, any place. Yes, more of this, please. Loved it. Brilliant. After the ad break, we come back. Mean Jean's in the ring to intro Hulk Hogan. Oh God, I don't think we can get through this. It's going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk enters, accompanied by belt holder and best friend Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did. Okay, okay, I've got it, I've got it. <laughs> I do think this is one of the better WCW themes. Hulk's new one, by the way, is a, an aside. 
We're straight into a one no Hulk. Well, I guess there's not a whole heck of a lot to talk about, Mean Gene. All right, well, we'll just go home now then, eh, Hulk? <laughs> Wipe your initiative. Why have you booked? Exactly. Hulk says he's doing all of this for a teeny Hulkamaniac, Jason Pittman, who's getting ready for a double lung transplant, who Hulk claims said, Hulk Hogan, belly up to the bar, look the giant in the eye, Take him on and take him down. He said now, that, did he? What he needed? I'm not for one second, Jim, casting any aspersions as to Hulk's ability to recollect conversations verbatim. But little Jason does sound a whole heck of a lot like Hulk, doesn't he? He does, he does. And I, I guess the double lung transplant on the cards, I mean... He's not he... going to be quite as uh, as vociferous with his... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but nonetheless... Hulk says, Giant must be in the back, brother. I thought Combs told us that Hulk was causing chaos in the back on his way to the ring. So surely you'd have seen Giant. I mean, Giant's surely fairly conspicuous. It's come straight from the back, yeah. This is it. And, you know, but Hulk was going around there like a bloody Tasmanian devil. But in spite of that fact, he hasn't seen the Giant. So Giant, you know, how, how he's missed him, I don't know. But a big arena. Yeah, fair. So Hulk heads to the back, but not before going around all of the crowd the wrong way, high-fiving them. Yeah. I mean, why would you do that if you, you know... I was, I mean, he, was so, he was so... I'm you know, des- so, so belly up to the bar. To, yes. or, yeah, belly, belly up, up to, to the, the bar. bar. Absolutely. What the fuck is that? Even not, not he, he was so so keen to get back <clears throat> yeah. there, chopping that bit to, to he just? face down that, what he keeps calling the big stinky big giant. Stinky he was, giant. Oh, he was so keen to get back there. He had to do a lap of the ring first. Lap of the ring. So the the ring. Going, what is this? He's going the long way around, taking the scenic route. Why the hell would he do that? Oh, he's been hit in the face by some powder. <laughs> that was why he was taking the scenic route. Well, who hit him in the face with the powder? Well, Jim, according to Mean Gene, still on the mic live to the arena, it's a woman I've with a down, cane. I've got down Mother Teresa. It was. It was. <laughs> he did look. It's just. It was it's, Mother Teresa costume. It, it's clearly a bloke with a shawl, right? And it's clearly the taskmaster with a shawl. Let's not beat around the bush. Mongo. This is what makes the WCW Nitro so exciting, baby. <sighs> so this is the face commentator. He's the face. Mongo's the face commentator. Supposedly, this is the face commentator. Supposedly, going going wild. Really excited about the fact that. You know the top, the top, the top face of the whole show is uh, has been attacked by an old woman with a cane. An old woman with a cane who's now jumped the rail. Who's now jumped the rail and is pounded him with said cane. Yes, it should be heart as well, didn't he? Which Hogan's best friend oh, took, took a shot with a cane. Yeah, what he a took day. the first shot. I know he did. I know <laughs> on the way to Hogan. He did. He took the what first a day, Hart's idea. Hart tried to get away. Save his best friend. And, uh, and, if, and in Art's defence, if Hogan had listened to him, none of this would be happening. <laughs> <laughs> so much for best friend behaviour, right? <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, Heenan, that's no woman, that's Norman Bates. Enter the giant and the Zebrodiac, Jim. Zebrodiac's back. Giant takes Hulk's neck brace off and snaps his neck again. Again, looks sort of all right. Not quite as good as it did last time, but kayfabe breaking, as we've discussed before, it'd kill him. Then Taskmaster, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Jim... Gets out some barber's hair clippers, surely a job for Zebrutus the Barber Zodiac, <laughs> and shaves Hogan's tash. Well, kind of. <laughs> it's honestly, how bad is this? What? It takes this? an age for him to do it, right? And it's really tough going, and the hair clearly keeps going in Hogan's <laughs> mouth. So he keeps blowing it out, pretending he's sort of going, Phew. He's meant to be no doubt. <laughs> yeah, he's no. But he's blowing hair out of his mouth. You can't even fucking sell it properly. This is horrendous. Anyway, the last we see of it, and he ends up with a dyed blonde Hitler tash. It's his best. <laughs> it's his best. But. <laughs> Is <laughs> the best thing that the taskmaster can do. The American males arrived to save the day. T- oh no, they've been killed by they've the waited, giants. They've waited though. They've waited. I mean, Hogan must have took what forty shots for that cane. Oh yeah, this is oh, hours, hours and hours. They waited they for all that. They waited for the uh, 
the next snap, the wait for all that to happen. Correct. And then now, now once Natasha's shaved, out they come. Out they come. come and, the then, and then, bang, killed by the giant. Then the nasty boys, same again. If the face is not learned yet, stop coming in one at a time. Now the dungeon are cutting Hogan's hair, according to the comms, but you yeah, can't they, really tell. They don't cut. I, I no, was going to say they're friends who, don't they? But then obviously yeah, can't Hogan's vetoed that one. You yeah. can do the tash. Yeah, you don't. You touch the hair, brother. Right, exactly. If anything, he's signed. His fucking hair's a clip. Oh, correct. And the Zabrutus, the barber zodiac, Jim, is given <laughs> some scissors by the taskmaster, finally. He's been equipped. And then we're out to an ad break. Another Halloween Havoc promo. God, comedy. So we're back and Flair's out with Double A already in the ring. We've got Pyro popping for Rick, but he's straight into the ring. He's not hamming up. He's here for business because it's a grudge match too, right? It's gorgeous stuff, this. Powerful but slick moves between these two crafty veterans. It's so good. Heenan to the rescue again with exposition. This has gone beyond a wrestling match. These two were best friends for 15 or 20 years and now it's come to this. <laughs> exactly like those two. Uh, Mongo, this is personal. Fucking hell. Bischoff, this goes beyond personal. Exactly. My favourite commentator, dead right. Um, <laughs> back to talking about Hulk. Come on, Bischoff. Stop letting me down. Eirik from Arn after chops from Flair. Arn gets Flair into the corner. Punch, punch. Powerful Irish rip to the opposite corner. Rick goes up and over the apron. Arn's seen this many a time, so lunges with a running clothesline, but Rick knows he'll know, so he drops down and pulls the rope, and out goes Arn. Timing is perfect. Oh, yes, lads. Flair whips double A into the barricade, and he slams back first into it before bumping to the floor. Both lads selling each other's offense so well here. Both look amazing. Flair stalks Arn. He can't help but woo to the crowd, even though he's in grudge match mode he just can't help it because he's starting to get a bit of momentum kick to an on all fours Arn's gut another woo is Flair getting complacent Jim Arn reverses a Flair attack with a back body drop onto the mat he was getting complacent just so good these two come on Arn slams Flair's head into the steel barricade and throws him inside of the ring. A kneeling Flair begs Double A not to attack him with the no, please don't spot. Arn's seen this before, Jim, and instantly has none of it, smacking him in the face. We trade slugging blows, an eye poke from Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, of course. Whip, reversal, an absolutely gorgeous spine buster from the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Ah, oh, yes, again, lads. Bishop doesn't even mention the buster. Bloody hell. Arn goes for the pin. A tight two count. Arn tries again. Another two. Chicken wing arm bar on Flair. Flair gets up. Irish whip into a sleeper on Arn. Arn reverses and puts the sleeper on Flair. Flair pushes double A sternum first into the turnbuckle. And then a huge belly to back suplex. Flair sparring. He cracks Arn with a shot into the corner. Trade back elbows. Arm goes down and into the figure four, but Arn Crafty grabbed the ropes. Double A escapes to the outside. Flair goes up to leap outside and gets a shot to the gut for his troubles. Arn goes for the powerbomb, reversed into a back body drop onto the mat outside. Looking nasty. Back in the ring. Arm goes for the DDT, but Flair, love this spot, yeah, good hooked the rope with his own arm because they were close standing perpendicular to the rope. Bang. Hooked it, down goes Arm. So Arn plummets with no target acquired. And then hammering fists to Arn face, Flair gets on top again, and then he does the Flair struts. Chop! Arn goes to the second rope, but his leap is interrupted by another chop. Figure four, in the middle of the ring this time. Arn's going to tap. And then enter Pillman, who scampers up to the top rope. DQ, although he hadn't even interfered yet before the DQ. No, the re- there. As soon as he climbed up, yeah, the ref yeah. uh, went for that's the building. Not, that's not against the rules. I don't know if it's a thing, though. Maybe if it's like an NWA-type thing, where if you come into the ring... 
Potentially, that guy. Yeah, that I if don't you come know. Come the ring and you're not in, involved in the match. I don't know. That, I don't know because you're right. That would be a good kayfabe point, Jim. Let's uh, we'll have to research that and we'll we'll uh, answers next week. But that's yeah, a good, he, very good point. He, he hadn't actually done anything. Touched him at all. He's dead yeah. right. Or oh, maybe that is it. And I think he definitely hadn't tapped, had he? I'll, oh I'll no, definitely not. No, 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 no. This was it. But Pillman already DQ. But as you say, but Pillman frog smash off the top onto the leg locked flare, meaning he can't move. Brilliant. He's locked in his own figure four, mm. can't move out of the way, so Arn can hold him there too. We get an Ultimate Warrior rope shake celebration from Pillman. Pillman attacks Flair, but Flair fights back. Now Arn holds Flair. Pillman chokes Flair on the rope. Arn stamps on Flair and then drops the knee on him. Doesn't look great because the camera's really tight, so Arn's sort of dropping on him clearly. Not yeah. really on him. So it's a bit like... He's clearly camera... not breaking his ribs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And camera, camera angle just didn't need to be there. And he's not doing him any favours there. It's like, come on, lads, in the production truck. Pillman gets big eat by using the four-fingered salute of the horseman. I like it. The crowd are booing. You're not... This is brilliant. And then we're off to a break. What a match. We are back um, for the go-home. And Bischoff's just heard that Nick Bockwinkle just okayed a steel cage match. Flair and Anderson... Next week on Nitro. It's never happened before, apparently, Flair and Anderson in a this, steel cage. This, to me, then, as you point out, if, as, as they pointed out, it's never happened before. Has it? They've been hawking, they've been shilling this fucking Halloween Havoc, which is now, what, I guess, three weeks down the line. Three to four weeks. Have it there. Have the cage match there. You're dead right. Save something, <coughs> do you know what I mean? Build it up a bit more. This should be a, you know, you want to see this, pay for it. Never, first time ever, two of the four horsemen... At loggerheads inside of it. Free TV. Exactly. Great. Yeah, I, I thought it was stupid. I Build agree. it up more. Agree completely. It makes perfect sense as booking to, to continue this feud because it's the only way to stop outside interference is a steel cage. Brilliant. Mongo says the same thing, so I'll have to rethink me life, Jim. Yeah. Next week, <laughs> Sting will face Le Shark. Oh, no. The shark's back. And you thought it was safe to go back in the water. <laughs> Archimedes. Rule, there's probably not much water left. And Sabu will face Mr. JM. I forgot Sabu was there. So did I. I was just going to say, why have we not seen him back since we first saw him? He had that absolute fucking outrageous match with Das Bunderkind. Nothing since. Seen or heard since. Couldn't agree more. And then Mongo seizes out with a dog yowl. Man. So that was the 2nd of October 1995 edition of WCW Monday Nitro. Now let's lean into the gimmick here on the Monday Night Scores. What were the ratings builders and killers? Jim, what were your three ratings builders? Builder number one for me, Malengo V. Guerrero. What a spectacle. Easily the match I've enjoyed most since we started this podcast. That's of all uh, Nitro and Raws, easily by far. Wow, really? Superb, loved it. Amazing. Thought it was absolute top draw. Uh, Builder number two. It's Malenko V. Guerrero again. This time from the, the perspective of this match is, is like watching these two was everything that uh, the podcast is all about for mm. me in the mm-hmm. sense that we're seeing two wrestlers who we are more familiar with from their WWF slash WWE exploits. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've you know, seen them in their kind of, the kind of previous surroundings where they, where they started out and, and, how, and how it was for them like back, back in those days. So that was really good to watch from that, that point of view as well as you know, the match being first class. And then building number three, I'm going to give it to him after after weeks after weeks of constant shitting on him. I'm going to say 
fair fucks to Mr. Lex Luger. For, <laughs> wow. For, for, I'm not going to go overboard. I feel he deserves some praise. And, and, and that is in the sense that the story they were trying to tell in the match, I thought was, was in, mildly interesting in, in the sense that it was like, what, they can't get the better of each other. So they've got that lockup that lasted forever at the start. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they've got the backslide bit where they can't, so they're saying they're evenly matched and there's nothing between them. And I, I kind of like that they dragged that on. One doesn't move, then the other one doesn't move. And it's kind of like, no one can get that edge. They kind of undermined it massively when they had, Macho was about to win clean. But had it not been for the outside interference, he would have. So that kind of undermined the idea. But I feel, I feel it, it would be wrong of me to, to not give Luga credit for the one time he was involved in something that I thought was all right. So, so there you go. Very good indeed. Lovely stuff. Well, my builders are as follows. So number one, this will surprise you, Malenko and Guerrero. Really? I built this match up prior to seeing it and it did not disappoint. Clearly two lads with bags and bags of talent. Just more of this, please, Eric. Builder number two, Arn and Flair telling a proper story with a match that really suit the storylines. Not just that it was a great match, but the actual, the physicality of the match. Um, the fact that both had known one another for years and therefore knew each other's tactics and tricks of the trade. But then they did all of this, but also built up Pillman as this new star and, and passed the torch and got him set up. Four marks all round. Yeah. Just brilliant. But number three, three actual wrestling matches, all of decent length. I suspect this was because Hogan was on the show, so we didn't need 15 packages about him or comms speculating as to where he was all the time, with the exception of him arriving <laughs> at the arena and learning that he's, he and Jimmy Understanding. Hart are best friends. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'll take it. So over to the killers. Your three killers, please, Jim. Um, yeah, the first killer, killer number one, is an obvious one. Uh, the whole Hogan Tash shaving debacle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought... In a sense, the obvious that it's crazy and it, and it just uh, didn't, it was over the top, ridiculous, absurd. You know, I can go on with the adjectives for this. But I thought, you've mentioned the Arn, uh, Arn Flair match, which I have then obviously left out of any, I haven't made any comments on myself, left out of my builders. The reason why I was, I was just completely drained after, after seeing this ridiculousness <laughs> of, of, of uh, someone dressed up as that, how like, you know, ridiculous things. Someone dressed up as an old lady is, is throwing some powder in Hogan's face, then beat him up, and then that really shit bit with the giant doing the next snap that he'd already done, and it was like, and it, it, it was just like they kind of really put too much in that then mm-hmm. this over the top kind of cartoony. Well, we're going to shave his tash, we're going to cut his hair. That kind of like, and then when Arn and Pillman are getting heat on Flair at the end, it kind of felt a bit like to me that maybe the crowd was a bit drained because how mm-hmm. are you going to how is Having seen Hulk Hogan have his tash shaved on telly, I was like, how are you, how are you then going to go and follow that by just working somebody over a bit? So I thought for me, that was also the detriment to what should have been a really interesting and exciting main event. And you could tell that Arn and Flair basically, they, they seem to keep stuff back as well. Like, you know, we're going to have yeah. a bigger match next yeah. week, so let's not, let's not throw it all out there and Absolutely. give it all away today. We're going to keep a bit of interest. Whereas they, in this desperate attempt to generate some heat in the Hogan giant feud, yeah, it's, it's come at the expense of other things. So that for me is by far and away killer number one. Uh, killer number two, I thought the cross contamination of feuds is uh, mm-hmm. it makes things difficult to follow. Mm-hmm. So why is the giant he's, he's, the feud the giant has is with Hogan. Hulk Hogan? It should be you know we don't need to be getting involved no. in Savage v Luger. We yep. don't need to do that. And then you've got the American male. Are the American males affiliated with with Hogan? Why have they come to save Hogan? And then do you know what I mean? And then yeah. 
then the wrestlers who were going to be what was it the nasty boys who were going to be who were going to be wrestling the American males have also come out so who's yeah it just it just everyone's in the mix and yeah. it kind of yeah that was I find that confusing that contamination that mm-hmm. cross contamination and then I've got my third one and you're not going to like this because it, it oh, contains no. your uh, <laughs> favorite commentator it's your favorite commentator <laughs> but Bischoff's disrespect for the for the the WCW old guard. Yeah. So, yeah. so. No, totally agree. Totally agree. The, the bit that really got me is during the, what is billed as the main event, even though we all know the real main event is Hogan getting his tash shit off, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, talking about, he's talking about baseball scores halfway through the match. I know, it's he, awful, he, isn't he, it? he says, he says, I, I, I mean, you know a lot about baseball than I, I know nothing, so you might be able to help me out here. So they're in Denver, right? They're in Denver, and, and he says he wants to congratulate the Colorado Rockies mm-hmm. so for making the playoffs or whatever they did. And then, um, he goes, he goes, he goes to the whole show. We've got this in the middle of this match between these two legends. And then he, after that, he congratulates Seattle for beating. And then there's a long pause. California. Uh, California got a baseball team. They have several, but not one called California. California. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I thought. Correct. Uh, so, so, yeah, again, it was a long pause while he's flicking through the notes. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> California. <laughs> Why? And then you've got that. That's going on during this, you know, great match between two legends. Yeah, he mentions the OJ trial again, not as egregious as um, WWF do it, but still he mentions it, and it's like it's just distract, distracting from all these things. He, it, through the um, Guerrero Malenko match, you've got the interruption, the completely right. We can't even see the match in the picture, the Horrific. small screen anymore. It's 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 just a complete cutaway to to see Hogan arrive in the building. And I know Malenko and Guerrero aren't um, stalwarts of WCW, but they're not WWF affiliated, so therefore yeah. they you know they are treated accordingly. And I thought I, I, I don't know again, just the idea of. These are all people to me who have much greater appeal than than Hulk Hogan, and the the kind of being undermined for this idea, disregarded for this idea of you know being shocking and entertaining, and like the WWF. So quite a long killer from me, but again, one that really stood out. Lovely stuff. Um, well, it won't surprise you, Jim, too much to hear my three aren't too dissimilar, apart from the first one, <clears throat> killer number one. It's Luger's wrestling. Ah, Luger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really did try to not make this one of my killers this week, but I just find his wrestling awful, and I found this match a grind. I don't think this feud is doing either of them any good. My second killer, killer number two, interrupting the best match of the night to see Hulk Hogan arrive in the arena. Criminal. For fuck's sake. Criminal. And killer number three, comms missing the Eddie and Malenko finish. There's no excuse. There's just no excuse. And... You could see the crowd was super into it, and I just fear that people at home weren't as much because they'll have been distracted and brought off by comms just all sandbagging it. Really poor. But of course, they are all just our thoughts. You can let us know what you thought, dear listeners, by tweeting us at TMNScores. That's at TMNScores. Lovely. So let's take it to Raw, live from the Grand Centre in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Jim, tell us what happened. Start with a recap. Start with a recap of last week's uh, Smoking Guns title win. What a match that was, if you remember correctly. So yeah, we've got more efforts to position the title. It's prestigious. Shots of the crowd going wild. Looks like a big deal. Exciting. And I'm remembering what a great match it was myself. So as far as recaps go, didn't mind this one. And we go straight away into the first match, which is... Riza Ramon versus the one, two, three kid. Feels to me, haven't we opened the show with this before? At least once. 
We talked about Raw being a bit dry. We talked about it last week. I reckon reshuffling the segments like this could maybe add a fresher yeah, element I to agree. it. Yeah, I feeling a bit deja vu. I did check on the network as to, is this, am I right in the, watching the right one? Razor's Pyro goes off. Vince, no comment this time. <laughs> He's clearly been embarrassed by the spectacle of the uh, WCW Pyro. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about Pyro anymore. Did you think this one was a bit worse? Because well, <laughs> my notes said, we see Razor in the ring in getting what can only be described as in-ring golden shower pyro. <laughs> it was poor, pun intended. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think we alluded to the fact that Vince has been a bit, you know, he's a bit shy now with the pyro because of WCW's <laughs> ridiculously over-the-top stuff. But again, he's definitely it's definitely worth noting, I think, here. Um, so we're going over the feud previous weeks. We've shown the upset victory from March, from May 93, Excuse yeah, me. Two years ago. Two years ago. Two gone years back ago. Two years. As they did two weeks ago, they went back two years <laughs> to tell us about that. And then again, they've got the recap from the previous match they had recently. So they're building it as it's not the first time, but definitely the last year this time. So we're getting it to the decider again. The rubber match. The rubber match, even though, as I pointed out last time, they're going to have to do a best of five series. They're going to have to do a best of five if they're going to be the rubber match. So it's, not, so it's not going to be a rubber match, is it, is it Vince? Is it? <laughs> We're not all stupid. We're not all idiots, Vince. Don't take us. Don't treat us like we are. Yeah, Vince. Maths. <laughs> There's a little quick preview for Bret Hart v. Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Another rematch of a match that happened recently. But anyway, um, kid comes out. Vince says, will it be third time lucky for the kid? Or words to that effect, which I then noted, that's not what the phrase means. Because kid has beaten him twice. <laughs> kid is 2-0 up here. Yeah. He doesn't need to be lucky on the no. third time. <laughs> I miss that. That's great. We showed a recap of the pay-per-view match where the kids... It's another recap. Kid goes... Honestly. <laughs> I'm confused, Ori. My head's spinning. Recap and stuff left, right and centre. We've got a recap of the kid this time um, where he comes out in Razor's match with Shane Douglas and where the refs took the bump and kid, for some reason, counts the pin as if though that would legitimately count. <laughs> it's as though he's been watching a few too many night rows. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Razor decks him. Kid takes the hell out of the bump. Into oh, start he does, doesn't he? Blind. He shoves him, goes yeah. flying. Hell of a bump on the outside. And then they start the match after that. Uh, Razor throws Kid around again, demonstrating the strength advantage. Again, a bit like the other week. Kid's using his speed to <laughs> yeah. gain advantage again. Yeah. It's a bit like the other week. Um, Douglas comes out. He's taking some notes. Uh, this gimmick is pony. Can I just point out as well? Douglas is a teacher's supposed, you know, heel gimmick shtick is that he comes and takes notes of his, you know, as famously all teachers do. They just wander around with a notebook taking and every notes. day just taking notes. <laughs> not imparting wisdom. You know, exactly. No, there's no, no wisdom imparted at all. Correct. Just taking notes <laughs> and stuff. That's a journalist. Surely a journalist <laughs> would take notes on things. He's just there hanging about. He's hanging about. He takes the notes and then he leaves. And that's it. That's the last <laughs> we see of him so in that show. Shit, what is he there for? What is the point of that? Yeah. Um, we come back into the ring kids on the front foot a lot more than last time I've wrote he's more dominant mm. and then as I'm literally finished typing this <laughs> Razor runs him over the clothesline wins one two three so that's the end of the match that's it Razor has, kid hasn't been third time lucky no, far quicker than I thought as well I was like blimey this is, this well, is... it was a good job they were because <laughs> <laughs> so I've been making all my smart ass remarks oh, well, it's not going to be best five is it so we're not going to we're not <laughs> we're not going to sell the score are we <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> Vince was good at maths all along. <laughs> what a swerve. So Vince says, that's put an end to the feud. I'm, I'm up again. No, it hasn't, Vince. No, it hasn't. <laughs> the nitpicker. Back for round two. 
goes on and on and on until Razor wins. Is that going to be how this goes? And then, what's this? They continue in the match. The kid just being beaten. He asks Razor. Vince is saying, hang on. He's asking him for a match after the match. Right, kayfabe breaking this. Not having this. There is no way... So imagine you've lost the WWF title. If you've lost it, it's You just gone. start fighting again, right? And off you go. But most of the point, there is no way that Vince McMahon sat at the commentary table, sees the kid fighting again and goes, he's asking for another match. He's How do you know that, right, Vince? How do you know? And then they start fighting and the ref doesn't break him up and Vince goes, he is having another match. Like, Vince, you've... You, no, mate, stop it. That was... I, how could you possibly know yeah, what he was doing? It just looked like he was a bad loser. <laughs> it did, didn't it? It looked like he was going for some kind of attack yeah, after the match. Exactly. And then he was going for some afters. Correct. Yeah, it did. It did. And then again, logically, it makes no sense as well because why would any ma- anyone accept defeat? The first match of the night ending defeat, you just well, keep going. Well, this is it. We, we, know we can never have wrestling matches until someone is literally KO'd if there is breath in their body. So every time a victory is stolen, we're going to keep going now. Yeah. Every time a small package steals it, we're going to keep going. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do it? It's really stupid. Um, Razor's a bit angry. A bit angry. <laughs> well, you would be. There's a front from the kid. Wants to go again after just beating him. He's beating him quite here. He's slapping him around. He's got him a submission, clipping he around is. the ear. And he's, uh, you know, he's really making a bit of a bit of a mug of the old kid. And then uh, during the break, we cut to the break, we come back from the uh, the break and we're told that Razor had another pinfall win in that. So <laughs> we missed. We missed it. We missed this pinfall win again. So the whole feud is built around the idea the kid wants respect. Um the third match is underway. Kid's completely fucked at this point. He's, he's out on his feet. Uh, Razor, again, he's toying with him. He's toying with him for a while. And then yeah, Razor's completely fresh. Kid's fucked. What does this, what does this do for the, for the kid's career? Um, Razor goes to hit the, to hit the Razor's edge to wrap it up to seal his best of five series win. And then just a really kind of a middle finger to the kid. He, he doesn't go for the finish and he just small packages him in the Cardamos. This is the easiest thing I'll ever do. Yep. <laughs> I don't need to use my finisher. It's not worth the expending the energy. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll just, I'll just small package him up and that'll be it again. Purely taking the piss. And again, this kind of ridicules, ridicules the idea of the idea that the kid's here for a bit of respect. And having already gone over the, one of the top guys on Raw twice, he still wants respect. It's not good enough for him. What, what, what's, what's wrong with you, kid? What's wrong with you? Yeah, Vince is still telling us over and over again. Vince is still telling us over and over again that this is, this is him, you know, showing, he's surely going to show some respect after this. Despite reminding us that they're friends, so there's already an implied level of respect. So I'm, I'm really confused now. And the, the level of friendship increased as the match went on. So at the start, it was, they used to be friends, the former friends, the, the, the warring friends. Right. And then by the end, it's like, best friends, with a theme today, in the, with best friends, people's yes. best friends. <laughs> not a good day for best friends. It's not a good day. Not an AEW reference. And, uh, <laughs> he's been made like a complete idiot, the kids. What is the respect about this fact that he keeps going back and going back? And then the match is finished again. They're both square off. Jesus Christ. Razor slaps the kid as the kid is getting up. He'll move that ever was one. Kid acknowledges he's lost. He shakes Razor's hand. So again, he's settled this now. This is finished. Raises the hand of Razor and then goes for the roll-up and the ref starts to count. (laughs) Jesus wept. Are we going to be... Is this my life now? Am I watching Razor v. Kid matches? Groundhog kid. It's unbelievable. I mean, the only thing I can think is that the one, two, three kid has literally bribed the referee. You keep counting until I win one. Until I get a win. Despite already having two wins. Despite already having two wins. Never needed to do this in the first place. Exactly. (laughs) Are they having an infinite match? Are they? No, they're not. Because this time, when uh, Razor kicks out, we go for another handshake. Razor 
He's not, he's not very wary about it, even though he's just been aware of what's just happened. He's still straight in for the handshake. They shake hands for real. And then he gives him the nuggie as yeah, they the little, little embrace. Oh, uh, like, uh, what a way to kill kid even uh, totally buried exactly like, he looks it's, he looks like a kid now he does this, it's he, so shit as you say totally buried buried so deep we'll have to go fracking to find him <laughs> and then we're on to in your house promo next yes, segment we are from there we've got the in your house promo the next up and coming in your house event uh, the plug in Douglas v HBK. Mm-hmm. so why is he taking notes on Razor v 123 kid nobody knows uh, no use to him now um, and then uh, Goldust making his debut against the amazing, the one and only, Marty Giannetti. How good is going to be? Goldust v. Marty Giannetti, can't wait. If only I'd known about this in 1995. <laughs> and then from there, we've gone into the next match. Barry Horowitz versus uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Over the moon. Over the moon seeing Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Amazing. Well, really looking forward to it. And then Triple H comes out, he's, he's dressed like a butler. And I don't know if you noticed, but... Unable to hear Vince in a pre-recorded clip, um, we have aristocrat Hunter Hearst Helmsley responding to Vince's question on comms saying, Can Horowitz defeat Hunter Hearst Helmsley? To which Hunter Hearst Helmsley turns to the camera and says with a posh smirk, Fat chance! (laughs) Sending us to the break. (laughs) Fucking hell, this is terrible. So yeah, anyway, um, he comes out dressed as a butler, Triple H. He's walking to the ring to what I've noted to be the B-side to Mr. Wonderful's entrance from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, it is awful, isn't it? It's shocking. Popsichord, like classical. Mm. Oh, man. Like you'd expect some Pride and Prejudice parlour music. Yeah, Darren Abbey theme. We're a million miles from a motorhead here. A million miles. <laughs> oh, we couldn't be further. <laughs> and then, um, holy shit, what are they doing? They're plugging a hotline for a poll where you cast your vote on the OJ Simpson trial. Comes with a tagline, kids under 18 must ask permission to vote. Why does anyone know where a load of children think whether this man's guilty or not? It is truly unbelievable. I mean, I thought for a fleeting second that the Simpsons vote line would be, you know, Bart versus Marge or something. But but no, this is guilty or not guilty. Seriously, people have died. People have been It's unbelievable. It's genuinely unbelievable. Talk about fucking ludicrous. Uh, Triple H is in the ring. He's spraying perfume. Yeah, which (laughs) actually, right. This is a terrible gimmick. Yeah, another rotting corpse of a gimmick we've been sat. Another legend, a future legend has had to overcome in order to cement the status. You can, exactly right. I think you can only give the lad an inordinate amount of praise for somehow making this work. Like Absolute. he has got this horrific gimmick, and actually he's finding things. He's adjusting his cufflinks. He's coming out, like, as you say, in his tails. Looks a bit like a butler, but still spraying perfume. He's actually making the very best of a bad job. Mm. Oh, he's, in, he's, he's committing. He's, he's going a whole hog and he's committed. Uh, yeah, I like the match in general. Triple H's been a prick heel throughout. He's, so do I. He's, he's very good at it, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's bought in fully to the, to the you know, dead dog of a gimmick he's got. I even like the way he sold the, uh, the sunset flip that he... he um, so uh, Horowitz has done the sunset flip on him and, and he's then... There's no comedy arm flailing. No, he's not losing his exactly balance. What I was he's, say. He, he's just leaning in the opposite direction more before going down. So he kind of does. Yeah, he does it in a more trying to to do it yeah, as you would do. There's no oh oh I'm gonna fall over. I'm gonna fall over. I fell over. There's, there's no, no roadrunner sound effects. Yeah, no. It, yeah. it looked serious. Looked a bit more exactly legitimate. Right. Horowitz then makes a big comeback. A few false finishes. Yeah, they were quite nice. Mm. Some, some some really lovely stuff from the pair of them actually. More more Triple H. I'm not entirely convinced of Horowitz but he's certainly keeping pace with yeah. Triple H but Triple H is doing as you say the kind of like 
knocking the wind out of the crowd in a really good way, so they're really not liking him. I mean, he doesn't have to work particularly hard with that intro music, does he? But still, he's doing his job to perfection here. Yeah, I've noted, I think he's done a good job here, especially with Triple H getting over as a, you know, as 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 someone to be, you know, keeping your eye on. Yes, true. Um, good and then point. The finish comes about as a mistake from Horowitz. He does that he does that thing where where people are running the ropes and, and he gets in that position as if he's gonna give him a back body drop, but he yeah. gets in the position like ten minutes too early, maybe. Hours. <laughs> he's in there good ten minutes too early and uh he's 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 doubled down in the middle of the ring just waiting for Triple H and as Triple H approaches him it's that kind of position where Triple H usually does the face buster, you know, the knee face buster, it is. as he goes to do in the future. But at this time, he just kind of runs, stops, pedigrees him. Yeah, it looked clunky, didn't it? It did, it did. Um, I can see why he kind of altered that yeah. spot in the future. It's the sort of move that seems to backfire a lot more than often it does. It's anyway, a good point, yeah. It's a good point, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Horowitz does it. She allows Triple H to hit the pedigree, smashes him with that. One, two, three. That's the win. Good, solid match. From there, segment four, we've got a match between... I mean, this this was Nitro-esque, wasn't it? We've got PG-13 versus Al Brown and Sonny Rogers. Who the fuck are all these people? Right. Who are these people? Uh, I don't know any of these people. Ditto my exact question. From what I gathered, PG-13, from what Vin says, the USWA Tag Team Champions. What's with that? no explanation what's as that? to what USWA is. And I still yeah, don't what's know. that? And I'm, I am guessing that Sonny Rogers and Al Brown were the WWF roster People, I assume, I mean, they've got enhancement talent written all over them, don't they? Both in terms of look, gimmick, Oh, yeah, absolutely, everything. absolutely. But the crowd seemed to be right on their side and not on PG-13s, which is why I assumed they were the WF right. ones. But I could be completely wrong. But what you, you've, you've nailed it, Nitro-esque. But yeah, these two have come out and what do they look like? They've got two bin lids? Have they got bin lids? What yeah, it, they did look like bin lids. I thought initially they were like the Flavor Flav clocks, but on closer inspection, they did appear to be bin lids, yes. Bin lids, maybe they were hubcaps, I don't know. Um, ah, yes, hubcaps, because... Um, yeah, that's why... That's why I did ah, right, sorry, you've, you've deduced so, it from so, King's commentary. Um, yeah, King made a comment, didn't he, about Vince's... Well done, uh, I didn't put those... Wheels being sabotaged. That's so. it, of course. Yes, um, uh, JC Ice and Wolfie D, is their names. <laughs> very they cool. They unfortunately were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool indeed, you're right. So, it seems like they're heel kind of rappers, is that right? Yeah. That's, Have that, I got that right? I believe so. Yeah, we got a rap from them, didn't we? But they look like the antithesis of the sort of typical Vince hires in the sense that they aren't very big and they're just kind of... Uh, comedy is all about, you know, Vince Vince is all about comedy, cartoon, joke artists. Yeah. But just the size of them and everything else is... I can only assume, and apologies, I didn't Google it and was going to, um, in that I think Vince has some kind of working relationship with the USWA, I assume for as a farm for talent or right, something. Right, and right. as part of the deal... The USWA are able to get a get their top guys on Raw. Right, got you. Right, so I so these are not going to be fixtures on the on the. I don't believe you or I will ever have the displeasure of seeing PG thirteen ever again. Uh, well, the best thing they did, in my opinion, in this match, a nice dropkick Russian leg sweep double team. I like that. Yeah, I'll probably put it as the high point myself. Uh, Vince plugging the OJ pole again. Mm-hmm. And then he had in confusion about who these two are by constantly mixing up the names of the team. On purpose to kind of, to, to like, to put them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, dick move. Like, what are you doing this? Like, and yeah, well, why, why have you got them on there? Like, I, I know, don't know, exactly. I, don't know. I know, it was, it was, a, it was a real... And he's a supposedly the face commentator as well. Is that Wolfie D or JC Ice? And, and, Ice, sure I, and JC Ice has... JC Ice shaved into yeah. the back of his head. <laughs> like, of you head, know what it is, Vince, and you're sitting right next to him. <laughs> for someone who could uh, figure out one, two, three, kid was asking for another <laughs> yeah, match. Exactly. Yeah, you had telepathy when that came around. <laughs> this time, you're confused. You just can't even read anymore. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, the job team, they get a big comeback in. It's only the second time the match a member of their team was mentioned. This was right at the end. They only dropped the name the second time. So who the fuck are these For two? me, notes. I was going, oh, well, I'm never going to learn who this guy is. I'm never going to find out. And it turns out it was, <coughs> search his notes, Al Brown. Al Brown. <laughs> Al Brown. Al Brown, a generic name, that is. Isn't Al it? Brown. We'll call him Al Brown. He's only going to lose to them to uh, <laughs> yeah, It doesn't matter. JC Wolf and <laughs> Icy, or whatever we call them. Um, you know the name, Jim. Stop doing a Vince. This big second comeback is, is quashed when, when JC Ice distracts the ref and uh, Wolfie D hits a bulldog off the top rope behind the ref's back. Yeah. JC then dances around the stricken Al Brown on the floor. Before going for a cover later, which Al Brown obviously kicks out of. And then JC Ice has the nerve to have a go at the ref for being too slow. Unbelievable. What were you doing? Dancing? Uh, absolutely unbelievable. I saw a that. big chance on Raw, absolutely yeah. Absolutely clocked that. JC Wolf. And then, not long after, the heels win. In not JC Wolf, it's JC Ice and Wolfie D. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, the heels win, not long after. A decent little tilt the world move with a splash on the laid out jobber. That's exactly what I had. I thought that was nice, yeah. Yeah, it was nice, smooth, smoothly done. It was. Uh, the heels get up, reveling in the booze from about six children in the crowd. Yeah. Personally, did not care for this, wasn't into it at all. Nah, didn't like PG 13. Feels like it's a dud gimmick. And I, we said I'd be surprised if they ever grace our. Agreed, agreed, TV agreed. It feels again. like, as we get another OJ Simpson vote plug, that this was almost the spot that Vince identified as a here's where we can really press home this OJ vote cobblers mm. pointless uh, package for next week comes up next mm. uh, HBK Nash and The Undertaker Vince calls them an awesome threesome <laughs> it's all that. Just naughty doesn't work does it naughty an Undertaker is so out of place with these guys and he's so weird hanging it's around so bizarre that he's with them he does, just doesn't fit Shawn Michaels with his little you know one liners and his like mugging to the camera sort of thing is it, why would he why would he be hanging about with these guys um, yeah, it feels strange to put together a full package for a promotion. Like, a full total package? A full, total, complete, entire 100% package <laughs> to plug what is essentially a... Because like, it was a huge... Like, it was a good few seconds, wasn't it? This It was a full vignette of next week. And it's just a one-off oh, TV show match. I thought this was a bit odd to do. Nevertheless, I suppose they are big names, so I guess hamming up these are going to be here having this great match next week is mm. probably no bad thing even though it did feel a little bit overdone um, we've got Bret Hart v Jean-Pierre Lafitte in a, the rematch of a match from uh, <laughs> from the pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago Lafitte as we remember is the thief and he's stealing everybody's stuff he's a pirate he's a pirate <coughs> he's, he's a pirate with an eye patch and with swash buckles on his boots yeah. he really has um He's coming out. His entrance is interrupted by Doc Hendricks. Again, some more oh, rudeness. Oh. Some more rudeness in Lafitte. We had his match interrupted the other week by a phone call from... <laughs> I know. ...from uh, Bret Hart. Now Very we've got this lad. Doc fucking Hendricks. Again. ...to sell some things. This time, totally it is a giant T-shirt. This time, it's an obscenely it's massive, large T-shirt. Huge. On this little lass. And they've got this 13-year-old girl. No. It's modelled by what is clearly a 13-year-old girl wearing yeah. a, sh- a shirt that could quite easily have fit in Dot Hendricks himself. Doc <laughs> yeah, Hendricks could have put this shirt yeah, on done. and done it himself. And he's got his blank v- his dodgy blank VHS exactly tape. Exactly what he's coming up with next. He plugs the blank video tape. Put the cover on it if you want us to believe it is classic wrestling. And then Hendrix signs off by telling us to buy now because it's our last chance to get it. They're making no more and you can't buy it in store. The people I think that are buying it, though, Jim, are probably the same people calling to this OJ vote. Oh, God. More money than cents. More money than cents. Oh, that's like a good permission from the parents. Um, <laughs> and Hearts music hits. Crowds yeah, going actors for it. The crowd's do. moving it. I quite like that little siren bit. And then, you know, yeah, 
Yeah. <clears throat> and the crowd, brilliant. Din, 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 din. It's great music. I it's, do, I it's do like it. One of my favourites so far. And did you hear Vince at this bit as well? He went full parody of himself for the Brighton trumpet. The, the crowd did pop. Yeah, but he didn't even pronounce anything. He goes like, fully goes like, here he comes now, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever was. Like, I'm going to need me subtitles again, mate. I just fucking hell. But in fairness to him, the crowd are in raptures with it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's a huge, a huge uh, ovation for it, and rightly so, obviously. Um, the feet, though, he's been stood around, he must have been for a good three minutes <laughs> now. He must have felt like a fucking lemon. Needs one of them t shirts on to warm him up again. He's going to be cold here. He's pulling <laughs> muscles. <laughs> a giant t shirt. He must have felt so awkward just stood in the ring, right? They're selling the t-shirt second time we've had that him and Razor Razor had to sit through the umpteen packages we had at the start yeah. and recaps and now and now the pirate I mean what they're doing in the ring for 20 minutes at uh, a time he must just be doing his, his fucking stretch or something mustn't he because I mean he must feel it must, well, what must he do all the eyes are on him and then he, especially while they're selling the t-shirt because that's just for the benefit of us at all exactly yeah. so what they... counting his gold Jim he's, he's marking the spot with an X yeah. <laughs> Um, should have done that as his gimmick should have marked where he's going to pin him one two three with an X <laughs> on the mark you can have that the feet starting control he's mugging to the crowd building up a little bit of heat and end up fighting on the outside how body slams the feet under the steps but he kind of keeps hold of him this looked nasty didn't it it, did, like, it looks like it? I, mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it was safe but it looked like the, the small of his back was right almost on Drives the corner it in there. Drives oh, it, it looks, the metal. I winced watching it it looked like it, it looked like it that's why he didn't let go obviously it would have hurt him even more but True. it still looked painful it did um, yeah so Lafitte yeah, he seems quite decent it would be better if he wasn't a shit pirate but no. he is unfortunately no. so I don't hate him but he, he's playing the part well and uh, Brett's doing a good job getting over he's selling a lot selling a lot of his stuff yeah um, Hellish clothesline from the feet after blocking one of um, Bret Hart's attempts to do the same thing. Hellish, vicious. Hart is absolutely slammed. He to sort the of had had hold of his arm as if sort of you know he wouldn't. I wish it brought it into him as he whacked him. Clobbered and him. Vince went. Whoa! As he, I know he's building everything up, but I went. You're right, Vince. Clobbered him. Uh, nice coming from King when the feet is doing the. Uh, he's doing these. He's these kind of double-handed punches while Hart's down. He's hitting him with two fists. I saw those. They were quite nice. Yeah, I don't well, see them much. And then King alluded to the fact that again, alluding to the fact he's got this kind of unique kind of style. And, and King says, "Now it's a. It's, he's hitting him once from me and once from himself. <laughs> oh, sort of I like thing. That. Once from I you, one that. from me. Very good. Because King hates him. Dunny King's alluding to the fact that he can't stand this guy yes. all throughout. <clears throat> Very good from King. But then I'm, I'm kind of like. This feels like it's going too long at this point. It's, it's. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing Hart wrestle, but he's not doing much, is he? He's just getting kind of every comeback he starts to mount is 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 quashed and yeah. So after almost nine minutes at this point, Brett mm-hmm. does yet another comeback. This comes after Lafitte's missed a leg drop off the top. Mm-hmm. Lafitte kills it again, and I'm like, oh man, yeah. Come on, finish it. It's too long. You've only got 45 minutes on the whole show. If you trim these things, they cut out all these endless recaps and. You know, bullshit selling T-shirts and, yeah. and like, things like that. You could get another match in it. You could get some <laughs> more people on the telly. And I'm you sure could. that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, you could. Um, you did, right? We end up on the outside. The feet throws Brett into the steps. Brett's down for ages. And the ref doesn't seem to count while the king is... No. The king's laughing. <laughs> good point, in the front row comes. The ref's not counting at all. The king's laughing his head off. Uh, we've got another comeback from Brett. So not long after he was on the floor for selling his bump for ages, he's back up again. He does a Manhattan drop, and I'm thinking, mm. back in the ring, of course, there's a Manhattan drop. How is the Manhattan drop? Not a not a DQ. You're not allowed to punch him in the balls, Jim. You're totally, totally allowed to knee him in the gooch. As long as you knee him in the gooch. Surely, surely, surely the testicles come into, the, into that kind of... You're dead right. That area. Perhaps, and this might be stretching it, 
but perhaps because it is not a strike, it is a you're throwing them up and they happen to land. Their own momentum. It's their own momentum carrying them, not yours. But that that right, right. But that, that's that's cleared up for me because I was I was dumbfounded right in front of the ref. Obviously, happens all the time. But yeah. right in front of the ref and the ref's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, Brett is going to know a comeback. Looks good this time. Lots of moves in quick succession. Yeah. He's adding a bit of pace in what is now becoming a laboriously yeah, slow much match. Yeah, needed pace. You're right. And then. Lafitte stops another comeback and at this point oh, man, I'm close to turning it off I'm sick of this now <laughs> yeah. it was an impressive looking movie hitting with um, but still it's, it's too much it's too much another comeback quash moments later another one there's a big there's a big superplex from Bret Hart mm. the crowd's going mad the crowd do love it you're dead right the crowd do love it yeah at this point, they love the comeback it, it seemed yeah. very flat every yeah. time you know as, as the match is kind of going going and going it just seems flat but when Hart hits this big move the crowd are loving it King's doing a good job. The sharpshooter's locked in. And Brett wins. Brett yeah. wins at long last. It feels like this was way, way, way too long. Stupid that it did so. They've already had a match on pay-per-view, and it's not a few that's going to be running with a payoff anyone cares about. There was only ever going to be one winner, so why did it have to last that long? Uh, but the crowd, they're going mad from, for Brett. They're all yeah. up. Brett's around the ring, milking the celebrations, and he gets in the king's face. Yeah. Strange how we had this phone call with the king a few weeks ago, but still he's in his face now. He hates him. He yeah. hates him. You'd think he's like, I'm not going to ring into that comment you're seeing with King on there. I'm a, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm out there, one of my days away from him, I'm not going to ring him, but still he did. And now he's in his face. Face off with the king. Brett goes to walk away. King, jack it off. King wants a piece of him. Does. King wants a piece of him, wants to go. And asks Hart to do the same. They square off. Hart gets a few strikes in. King takes a nasty looking bump over the ring and King's in the really crowd. did look painful, didn't No it? holding back from the King. No. He's straight over right the concrete. Yeah. Hart is showing absolutely no mercy. And then, all of a sudden, who is it? <sighs> Jim, who it's is only... it straight from the surgery? It's, <laughs> it's Isaac bloody Yankum. It's Isaac Yankum. And he's attacking Brett with no motivation that we're aware of. No. Perhaps Brett had been pinching the magazines out of the waiting room <laughs> at the surgery. <laughs> Who knows? But that would be more of a Lafitte gimmick, I guess. So maybe he isn't. Um, Yankum, he, he beats the shit out of uh, Bret Hart. He hits a DDT on the outside, or the DDS, I believe it was called the other yeah, week. Very, very true. Very well remembered is indeed the DDS. He is. And then he's ushered out by the ref. So we're working with a package of Isaac Yankum, the evil dentist, is now going to be feuding with Bret Hart. Um, yeah, Kay's loving it. Loving this, this beat down of Bret. And Vince announces that because of that provocation, we're going to have ourselves a cage match. In several weeks. I know. <laughs> right here I know. Non-specific, no date, no pay-per-view. Not next week, no. In several weeks. In several weeks, right here on Raw. Yeah, don't give us right here on Raw the specifics if the date is vague as fuck. <laughs> but then, then this made me wonder why, why don't some more the, you know, lower card, shit, sandbag gimmick talent, <laughs> why don't they just go and randomly attack one of the top stars That's and they'll bang do. themselves Monsoon. absolute yeah it's rewarding bad behaviour it it? rewarding bad behaviour he, he really re- he rewarded um, uh, Bulldog got the title shot didn't he from just pestering just him pestered him he, wanted, pestered he, he, him. he really wanted it he asked him and said please can I have it and he said alright if you'll leave me alone yeah fine oh, oh, and that well, was now we've got a, a nobody's come <laughs> out and an evil dentist has attacked one of the top stars and he's <laughs> walked himself into an absolute money making angle from it so so there we go That's things it. are a bit how to get over how to kill her and that brings us to the closing segments where there's loads more talking oh there is can we finish on some action please guys every time you see this but I will just say we get Cornette first and foremost it's a six man tag promo promo, we get Cornette and I'm at this point clamouring I was like yes 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 just save us Corny and he he does he gives us a 
cracking once more. You know, he can do no wrong in my eyes, Cornet. Comes in and says his piece. But then it is all downhill from there. It's the six-man tags. This is the heel team of Owen, Bulldog, and Yokozuna. Cornet, his promo, sublime. Owen, iffy. Bulldog, poor. Like, really poor. And, and then Banzai. Yoko just, Banzai! <laughs> was like that literally, that went off a cliff. It did, it did. And then there was a bit of a cheesy moment at the HBK moment of the camera. And he does that very well, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, Nash is Nash. And then Undertaker just looks so out of place, as we've said. It doesn't work, does it? It's so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why they might want to cram all these, now that, especially now they're live yeah. and now they're going up against WCW. I get why they might want to cram all these absolute household names into, into one match. Yeah. But I'm just there like, after all this faffing about last time, with the last week on Raw, when they had the lawyer in about getting the tag belts back, why are the, are the former tag champs not going back after the I know. After this the belts? Is, there's clearly unfinished business there. Yeah. I know, Matias, you're right. And, and they went to such great lengths. To, yeah, they enlisted they a lawyer and everything, legal services, in order yeah. to get them back last time. Yeah, so exactly. It just, it just feels like we're kind of shoehorning, trying to pretend that we have some legitimate beef with, with, with yeah. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, the Undertaker and then, then, then the two former tag champs in, in Hart and um, Owen Hart and, and uh, Yokozuna. Yokozuna. I was going to say Banzai there. Yokozuna. Um, <laughs> Better name for him. Did you hear this though? There was, there was two, two comments out on, on this. Shawn Michaels picking up The Undertaker was, I think the first time I've heard him promoting someone that isn't him and one of his, you know, of his click mates. Because he said... The last he started the promo with the last thing the Undertaker needs is help from Big Daddy Cool and our heartbreak kid. Yeah, but we're here because we want to be. It's like that's good. That well done, Sean. And then followed by a really good Taker promo as ever. But it's it's all creepy and gothic, and when the night draws in and the ravens and all that kind of stuff, brilliant. But just made all the more weird. And with by the way, with Paul Bearer there, incredible. Oh, Undertaker, amazing. Love it. But that's just so bizarre next to the two dudes with attitudes. It, th- these people would never be hanging out together. No, never, never in a million years. Never in a million years. And it, when you're saying that, you're saying the... Um, you're making reference to the idea that the, the HBK puts him over, say the last thing he needs is help from us. Mm. So the, the kind of gist of the, of the Babyface promo is... Where he doesn't need help from us, we're helping him, not because he needs us, because we want to, and we're the champs, and we do whatever we want. Yeah. These feel like the sort of people that the Undertaker would be like, well, I've got to knock these down a peg or two. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's the people who need our rest in peace pretty quickly. Yeah, the harvester of souls and whatever, you know, these you know, yeah. dead guys going around. And it feels like straight away that they'd be, um, you know... First on the chopping block. Yeah, the like, egotistical, vain motherfuckers who think, well, we're the champs, we'd do whatever we want. I'll, I'll, you know what I mean? Knock them down a peg, Undertaker. And it's, 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 it also doesn't work as much as I love him, Paul Bearer having to kind of affirm through his actions and body language and facial expression what Sean and Diesel are saying. You know what I mean? Because yeah. again, that why, why is he going, yes, I agree, these are two dudes with attitudes with lots going on and they're going to be great. Like, it, it doesn't work. I thought it was a really, uh, yeah, really, really flat, really poor way to end the show and uh, with that, we're out. But, oh, hang on. Oh. The results are in from the, from the poll. The results <laughs> oh, are in. Oh, no. What have you got for us? What have you got for us, Steve? So, uh, the results of the OJ Simpson murder phone-in poll with the leading question, is OJ guilty? <laughs> Has led the WRF public daft enough to phone in to say that 49% thought yes, he was guilty, and 51% thought no, he was not guilty. Knife edge, knife edge. Isn't it just? And we're out.
So that was WWF Monday Night Raw, and now we go on to our Raw ratings, builders and killers. I'll start with mine first. So builder number one, it was nice to see Brett in action. He's such a quality worker. I know that's hardly the call of the century, but I've not, like you mentioned earlier, Jim, I've not previously really seen too much of Brett, and he'd already moved to WCW when I started watching Raw. And he's just so good. It shows that, you know, you can absolutely still sell like hell and get your opponents over as a force to be reckoned with without diminishing your own status. And, you know, especially in the crowd's eyes. And indeed, you know, if you make your opponent look epic and like a real force and then you beat him, well, guess what? You look even better. So take note, Hogan. Builder number two, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. So, right, I know he's pretty limited and his gimmick is, is just appalling. But I think you've got a really athletic bruiser on your hands here who could genuinely be developed into something cracking. And builder number three, the crowd are super into it when they're into it, and it's awesome. So there are times where I think they just really genuinely add to the match. So when Brett comes out, when Brett wins, the crowd are white hot with this is just they are loving it. And I think it genuinely made me and made my experience watching at home 25 years in the future all the better. What were your ratings, builders, Jim? Uh, builder number one for me, uh, Triple H, or Hunter Hearst Hemsley, as he was yes, well, as well known as. Uh, the gimmick sucked donkey cock, but he <laughs> really did throw himself in there. Um, I like the match too, the grittiness of it, mm-hmm. the, the, the the kind of unchoreographed look that it had. And as I said, it was similar to what I said about uh, Bret Hart and Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko earlier. It was, it was really good to see... Uh, you know, a future, a future star in, in, in their kind of nascent career. Mm. Um, uh, Bret Hart, number two, that's what the whole venture is all about. Mm. Learning more about those who thrived in the years leading up to the Attitude Era. And I did struggle. The barrel got a good scrape in here. The bottom of my <laughs> barrel so scraped. Is a, I thought it was a very poor short, if I'm honest. And uh, the positioning of the tag team title guys in the rematch seemed is one of the things I will make it my builder number three I'll call it the idea of promoting this celebrating these belts as something genuinely great and something that people should aspire to achieve within the business and onto the killers understood so my first killer all the recaps lads stop reminding us every five minutes of what happened two weeks ago last summer slam Three years ago at Wembley Stadium, yeah. we, had, <laughs> we had we had Bret Hart. This is you buried Bret Hart prior to his match as the main event on Monday Night Raw by showing him losing to the Bulldog three years ago. Why do we need to see it? It was completely irrelevant, wasn't it? Useless. Uh, killer number two: lose and just start fighting again, Jim. The ref will go along with it. Right, I get it. I get that it's it's probably a decent enough idea on paper insofar as building the kid up as this resilient, never-say-die-spirited battler, but I just don't think it worked in reality. And Vince's kayfabe-shattering comms for, I think he's trying to do and have another match, and... Uh, uh, bullshit. It just, that didn't help matters neither. And then my killer number three, as if it needs saying, the OJ poll, what the hell? What were your killers, Jim? Uh, killers for me. The Bret Hart match is killer number one. Way too long. I like Bret. Obviously, it's great to see him. And I like the way he was putting over uh, Lafitte mm-hmm. as a big deal. But the, the 
it didn't. It was a lot of it was filler. It could have been a lot better than it was. The feud was already over. It didn't need to be happening. And do you need to be having filler on an hour long show? Have you got not got over over you know wrestlers that we could be getting showcased here? Um, and similarly, the Isaac Yankin Yankum attack on Brett at the end didn't seem to make much sense. Nah. Killer number two, PG thirteen. They were lame as fuck. And then <laughs> killer number three. It was me eating humble pie <laughs> following Fantastic. the one, two, three kid Razor Ramon fiasco. Did not like the taste of that humble pie, having sarcastically said on the previous pod about how they're going to have a best of five series, and then they did. It's that time again. Tenorhooks doesn't cover it. It's the golden envelope round. Here it is. There you go. It's currently 2-1 to Vince McMahon's WWF on the Monday Night Scoreboard. Can WCW level it up this week? Well, before we find out, we must first make our predictions. Jim, based on your ratings, builders and killers, which show should have gone over this week? This is really hard, actually, because it was tough to call. I was thinking last week... I was convinced, well, Raw, I wasn't convinced, it was, that's fact, Raw was by far and away the better show, but then yeah, correct. we looked really stupid, didn't we, because uh, WCW mopped the floor with them. Trounced so, it, yeah, we know nothing. I will say the best show of the two was, I mean, actually, I've probably done WCW a disservice, because aside from the fucking ridiculousness, which is just the thing that sticks in my head, once you look past the ridiculousness of Hogan getting his tash shaved, the show actually wasn't that bad, with some good wrestling and I can't think of anything else that was good apart from good wrestling. So I will say <laughs> Nitro. <laughs> no, very good indeed. I actually thought this was probably the toughest one to call so far this week. And I really wanted it to give it to Nitro purely for the Eddie Malenko match, but they cut away to Hogan in the middle of that, so fuck you guys. But in fairness and in truth, for Raw, I loved watching Brett. I think he's an incredible worker. Really nice to see him in his prime. And a young Triple H to boot as well. I'm going to go for Raw. Right then, Jim, here's the moment of truth. Here it comes. For the October the 2nd edition of Monday Night Raw. With the scores poised at 2-1. At WCW Monday Nitro. Raw gets a Nielsen rating of 2.5. Nitro gets a Nielsen rating of 2.5. It is, is a, a dead heat. It's a draw. It's a draw. Wow. Well... What the fuck do we do now in terms of keeping score? Oh, the scoreboard rolls on. We've got a rollover, Jim. Do we get bonus points next next week? Is it worth double? Wow, what, what a about result. that? Well, how will both companies respond to that, Jim, next week? Damn flabbergasted. Well, I never saw it coming. A dead heat? Before we go, don't forget, follow us at TMN Scores on Twitter. Share us with your friends, watch along with us on the WWE Network and tell us your ratings, builders, ratings, killers and score predictions. Don't Google it. That's cheating. Well, thank you all very much for listening and until next time, you have been listening to the Monday Night Scores. (laughs) 